Hey friends, quick announcement before today's episode, and this one is specifically for the wedding and portrait photographers listening, especially if you have big goals for your business, big vision and dreams surrounding your business, and you're ready to take those next steps towards making that a reality. I am thrilled to share that I have some openings available to work together inside Accelerator Coaching, which is my one-on-one business coaching model that I designed specifically to help you, the photographer, turn your passion and creativity into a thriving and profitable business while also maintaining a fulfilling personal life. Because I really believe that you can grow a business that you love without having to take away from the people that you love. I have helped hundreds of photographers get out of their own heads, break through to the next level in business and income through this exact coaching model. If you're listening to this right now and you're thinking, yes, it is time for me to step into my next season of business, one where I am thriving and profitable, and you're curious about getting more information about working together, I want to invite you to book a free consultation call. You can simply go down to the show notes and hit the link or you can head to joymichelle.co slash coaching. Let's chat about turning your goals into some clear plans where I can support you along the way. I cannot wait to meet you. I cannot wait to hear about your business and share more about how we can work together inside Accelerator Coaching. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Called to Both podcast, the podcast for ambitious women pursuing both a business and a life with purpose. Now, today, we're going to be talking a lot about content creation, simplifying it, and making your content a consistent piece of your marketing strategy this year. So if you've been wanting to be more consistent with your content creation, but you could use some help and guidance in this area, then today's episode is for you. Now, when I say content creation, how do you feel? What comes up for you? I think for a lot of people, when I say content creation, you get that feeling of disappointment over the past content you've created that might not have done as well as you wanted it to, or you might just have this sense that you do not have time to create content in your business. So if you're in that position right now, I want to tell you that today's conversation is going to be a great blend of tangible and actionable tips, but also some tough love you might need to hear when it comes to consistency and content creation. Now, personally, I love this conversation because I've been in business for over 10 years and I have made my fair share of content from YouTube videos that have reached millions of people to blogging, newsletters, social media, sometimes platforms that don't even exist anymore, and now a top-ranking podcast, I've learned what it takes to create content that truly works as an asset for your business instead of just something that we do to check a box, but rather something we do to generate revenue. So today's episode is an interview that originally aired on my friend Jordan's podcast called The Work and Worship Podcast. So you'll actually hear Jordan interviewing me about content and my journey and tips for you to take forward in your business this year. After this episode originally aired, I actually got a DM from a listener of Jordan's show saying that this was her favorite episode on content creation. She said it was freeing, it was motivating, and that she was going to listen to this a second time to take notes. So I knew right then, reading that message, that I needed to get this episode out on my podcast too. So I will have Jordan's Work and Worship podcast linked down in the show notes. Definitely give her show a listen. It is a weekly show conversations all on faith, business, and building a business around your life. All right, now here is the interview. 
Hello, and welcome to the Called to Both podcast. I'm your host, Joy Michelle, and you're in the right place if you're ready to grow your business while also being the intentional and present mom you want to be. This show will leave you feeling inspired, equipped with tangible tips, and encouraged to go after your own version of being called to both. Let's dive in. Hey, Joy. Welcome back to the podcast. Hi, Jordan. Thank you so much for having me back. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to chat with the queen of content creation herself, Invisibility. Oh, stop. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, I mean, we were kind of masterminding for like an hour before this, and I know you have so much to share on this topic and how people can simplify something that should be simple, but we a lot of us tend to overcomplicate yes. you know, in, in how we do our business. So before we get into the meat, can you just give a brief intro on, on who you are and what you do? Yes, sure. Okay. So I am Joy and I run Joy Michelle Co. So I teach creative small business owners how to build brand authority and get seen online. So this is one of my favorite topics here today is just content and visibility and how to show up online. Um, but I started my business in 2013. So 10 years ago, um, I started out as a wedding and portrait photographer here in the Maryland East Coast area shot weddings for over eight years. And during that period of time when I'm doing all the wedding photography stuff, I actually started a company called Photoboss to educate photographers on the business of photography because I really believe that creatives should still get paid really well for what they do. Mm -hmm. And that is now a community and then ready access programs and coaching and all of that. I also host a podcast, the Called to Both podcast for ambitious creative women who are raising little ones, but also growing a business. And that started really just off the heels of me having my own little ones last year. Um, So I had two kids, one and three, when I started the podcast, and they are now two and four. Um, And I basically just share realistic and bite-sized business for people who are not working full-time in their business, but want to make really good money. Um, And I'm based in Maryland right now, but next month I'm actually moving to Florida. So that's the like two-minute intro. (laughs) So just a few tiny things on your plate, not busy at all. No, no. no. Yeah. You're not an entrepreneur at your heart because you have a million things going on. But it's cool. I mean, one thing I love that you just said, because I think a lot of what you said ties into this, is this idea of brand authority. Mm. And you know, even your programs of teaching photographers the business side, it's allowing them to charge what they're worth and and run a business and not just let it be a a hobby, right? You have the Hobby to Pro Toolkit. And, you know, I think for what you do in content creation, even how you phrase that on brand authority, it, it shifts something even in my own brain of like, okay, it's not just showing up to show up. Yes. You're, it's, there's a purpose behind it, right? And like mm-hmm. we all know we should be creating content or we maybe we feel like we should be creating content. Yeah. But why does that matter? Like – and I, I, I'm kind of setting you up on that because I feel like brand authority was such a aha even in your intro. But why does it matter yeah. to create authority or to create content and why does it matter that we're consistent in that? Yeah, I think – The reason I say those two things together is I think that the one leads to the other. They go so hand in hand that Mm -hmm. to build that brand authority, 
showing up visible online as a part of it, but also creating content that builds your authority is the point mm. there. And you even said something of like, we, we feel like we're supposed to, everyone's telling us to make content. And then sometimes we just end up throwing up a lot of things to check a box and then mm. it just falls flat. And we're like, this is time consuming. This is tiring. Why yes. am I doing this again? Everyone is saying content is so powerful, but it hasn't been powerful for me. And I think that if that's happening, there's a couple of things that we can address there. But a lot of times what's happening there is that the content isn't actually working for you. In a mm. context of when I say work, I mean almost like a team member would work for you and move the needle. And so when I say content creation and brand authority building, I'm saying you're creating content not just to be seen, but to be mm. seen as the expert at what you do so that you can get paid and do what it is that you love and become known as that person in your niche. And so I think that's like one of those big missing pieces with content a lot of times is that we're not looking at it as this is a piece of content that is going to work for me and my business just like a VA would work for me or a team member would come alongside of me and help me to move the needle. Instead, we're seeing this as like, okay, I have to like sing and dance or point or do something. Everyone's telling <laughs> me to like post in all yeah. the places. And so it becomes really overwhelming. And then we just don't do it at all. Right. Like then it's just, mm. it's, it becomes this all or nothing thing. Like, well, if I can't get the results I was originally thinking, I'm just going to put that on the back burner and do my client work and, you know, quietly be mm -hmm. the creative behind the scenes. And then you're not actually building the content that's working for you to position you as the go-to expert. And then you're back feeling like, oh gosh, I guess I have to go market myself. And yeah. then this cycle continues. Yeah, I think so many of us treat it as an afterthought or this thing that like everyone's doing and I should do and it needs to be more of a forethought. I mean, we were joking before we hopped on about your your post that you're moving and the amount of effort I know it took to for you to yes. put in your like get the photos and do yes. all of the like get the boxes for the moving and set it up and yes. all like I know that that took effort, but when you create content like for you, you very much seem to create it as a forethought and with strategy and with purpose versus yeah. like me, I'd probably be like in the U-Haul on the way out of the driveway, like PS, we moved. That's so and, funny. Uh <laughs> oh, and you know what? Like this is such a perfect real life example of let me like pull back the curtain a little bit. So I am moving to Florida. This is a huge deal for my family. And originally I was not thinking I would announce this in the way that I have, like kind of this big, you know, announcement pictures and all this stuff and letting everybody in. But the reason why I think it's worth it to take pictures and talk about it was because I was sending people to the full story on my podcast. And my podcast is an asset for my business. It's part of how mm. I talk about my services. It is a brand authority building piece to this like whole machine that runs my business. So I didn't just, you know, put up all this really cool boxes and like pose my kids and be like, oh, we're moving. Like it wasn't just attention to get attention. It was visibility mm. leading to a podcast episode where I'm diving a little bit deeper and saying like, here's the real reason why I'm moving. And, and here's where it like, where it pertains to you and what, what my business is going to look like next year. And I hope you listen to more of the like 90 something episodes here on the podcast. Mm. And so now that whenever you say that, I'm like, man, that could sound really tiring to someone listening. That could sound like, wow, I don't, I don't have time for that. But the reason it works is because there's strategy behind 
the effort. Like you don't put yes. forth the the high lift unless there's strategy behind what you want them to do. And that is something that sometimes we miss when we're slapping together content is really thinking like, well, what is the purpose of this? What do I actually want them to do with this piece of content? And so that can save you so much time because it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to take a long time for it to have purpose. Mm. And that's, I think that's, I mean, definitely what sets you apart, but what sets good content apart is that there's a reason for it and we're not just like trying to go viral and do the TikTok dance and do yes. the TikTok dance. But because that that is what feels exhausting. I mean, I work less than 10 hours probably a week in my business. I have very limited care, child care. And so when I said about creating content, I don't get excited about content I don't care about. And yes. so it's like, how can I do it in a way that serves people but it is also strategic. Like it has to go somewhere. It has to do something or, you know, like build a no like and trust or drive them to take action in some way or, you know, there's there's something, there's that purpose behind it. And I think, I mean, you just talked about the strategy. I feel like there's kind of two hurdles for a lot of people when it comes to content creation, that first part being the strategy and the second part being the consistency. And mm-hmm. so I'd, I'd like to kind of dive in to both and yeah. talk how can we simplify it, right? Like you have a podcast to send someone to and, you know, there's the chat bots now and there's there's so many ways that we can do things that when we have a strategy, it can feel simpler, but when you are when you don't have it, it can feel overwhelming. So where can someone start mm-hmm. with that strategy piece, like either what to prioritize or how to think about content creation in a way that is strategic for their business? Yeah. Well, I love hearing that, even while working 10 hours a week, you are still prioritizing content because the first part of this is actually deciding that content is a non-negotiable for your Mm -hmm. business. Because people ask me, and I'm right now working about 12 hours a week. Sometimes, you know, I can pull out my laptop during nap time. Maybe, maybe not. I'm in a weird limbo right now with moving. But even in this season, it is a non-negotiable for me to be creating content, to be showing up consistently, Mm -hmm. to be back in people's earbuds or on YouTube or wherever it may be. And that's because a long time ago, I decided that content was an absolute non-negotiable for me in my business. And it has served me so, so well to show up in that way. So I feel like first it's the decision because I will be asked, how are you doing everything you're doing? And I can answer that like very granularly, but ultimately you have to decide in the beginning, like I will make time for this. Just like I make time to go to sleep and I make time to fuel my body and I'm trying to drink water and take supplements. Like, well, how do you find time to work out? The people who will answer that authentically say, I make the time to Mm. work out. I make the time to go to bed or read my Bible or whatever it is at a time that I want to do it. And so ultimately, like when I was trying to figure this out myself, that's like the answer I kept hearing. I was like, well, sounds like you just sort of decide. (laughs) Like this is going to be a priority just like you decide my business is going to be a success and I'm going to make a difference or me saying, I'm going to start photographing weddings. And I had nothing to base that off of besides my decision to say, I'm going to be a wedding photographer. And then I did it and then it became true. But it starts with a decision. And then I love what you were saying about like, how can we simplify this? And that has been really a theme this year for me and my business is thinking, how can we simplify this? Because I am really good at overcomplicating and (laughs) overthinking everything. (laughs) And so really, it's a wonderful exercise when you're doing literally anything, but especially with content to sit and look at like, let's say you're writing a newsletter. And if you were to ask yourself, like, what part of this, like, 
how can I do this in a way that if I did this every single time, I could actually keep up with this. I could actually do this. Mm -hmm. Like maybe it's, you don't go crazy on all the graphics. Maybe you don't obsess over the subject line. You ask chat GPT, you pick the best one, you put your own spin on it, you press send. Asking yourself like, what level of content can I create, but I could actually show up? That's the consistency piece because Mm. sustainability and consistency go hand in hand. And that's really, really huge. And I think the other thing to really be thinking about with when it comes to consistency, there's like two pieces with that as well. And that is batching and repurposing. So that's like the one to hold on to when it comes to being consistent. You've got to batch, you've got to repurpose. And then the other piece of this is understanding low lift versus high lift content. Mm. So like, let's let's unpack which one do you want to jump yeah. into first? <laughs> I think, oh gosh, I, I even like I... <laughs> I want to say let's talk about high lift. You're the expert, and I think over here, this is me overcomplicating things in my own brain of there when you're talking strategy, and I love that you just said like not just strategy for the type of content you're creating, there's a strategy for the consistency uh-huh. too, like the decision. When you said the decision, it made me actually think of the book Traction, which I'm, I'm sure you, you've read yes. that. But he talks about having your rocks. Yeah. And I think of like when I started – when I decided, okay, I'm going to make – even this podcast, I knew this is a form of content and if it's a rock, like it's a priority. It goes on my – it goes on my rocks. It goes in my traction, like it, my planner, you know, what I track with it. It goes in my notion for my calendar. Like yes. it's not a flimsy decision. And yes. I think that that's a really interesting perspective to take on not just a strategy for the type of content you're creating or what that content's going to do or the purpose of the content, strategy for being consistent and knowing like what your boundaries are with that too. Because I can't just say like, I would love to have a YouTube channel on top of it. I have all these video podcasts I could repurpose. I don't have that time right now. And Mm -hmm. I can, my options are either to hire someone to do that or at some point prioritize it. Yes. It's, you know, it's not for lack of idea or strategy. It's, it's what are you choosing to value and be consistent with? And so Mm -hmm. I think kind of coming back to your last question of how can, how can someone like I'm over here thinking what, when I am thinking about what I want to prioritize and what I want to be consistent in, is there a better place to start with the high lift or the low lift, mm-hmm. like depending on the type of business you're in? I mean, I think in my opinion, yes, that what you have to ask yourself is, am I okay with the majority of my best content existing somewhere like Instagram or TikTok or these certain places where it's not evergreen in nature. It's not as search friendly in nature. And for me, the answer is no. I think high lift content would be something like a podcast episode, right? Mm -hmm. This isn't something that you can whip out your phone, face to camera, make a quick story, Instagram story, lower lift content. You need higher lift content, but I think be really, really selective with how you're doing this in a couple of ways. One, trying to do more than one big piece of high lift content is a great way to burn yourself out, Mm. do something for a couple of weeks, and then feel like, I just don't, I can't do it. I must be different than her. She must have, you know, all the systems in her brain works different than me. 
And the truth is it just may not have been sustainable from the get-go. So Mm. I really encourage people to try different kinds of content. Like a podcast, is. this is a great example because if you think you might want to have a podcast, a fantastic way to try this out would be to be a guest on other people's podcasts, which is such a win-win because you get to try on the platform and the the form of content a little bit, but you also get amazing visibility in the meantime. You can use that, repurpose that even Mm -hmm. in your own content and decide, you know, is this something I would want for my own business? Because it's very valid to just be guests on other people's podcasts and then have something else as your main evergreen content. But what's interesting with like the high lift, low lift conversation is that a lot of us are very all or nothing. We think if I can't do a 10 minute YouTube video where I had multiple camera angles and it was amazing, it had graphics and intro and outro music, then I just, I'm not going to do it at all. Mm. And that's so, so like you're missing the point almost of the whole point. And I think that's where the perfectionism gets in the way and our overthinking. If you think about that, that's overthinking is killing your marketing before your bad content even has. Like Mm, overthinking has killed more businesses (laughs) than bad content. Because if you're thinking, oh, I can't make that caliber of YouTube video. So then you kind of end up not doing anything. Mm -hmm. Then you got no visibility and then you're left just overthinking it. Right? So for me, I think one and a little anecdote to that is like create before you consume. Mm. So often like we're seeing it. I think one thing that's made content creation so hard is that there's so much good content. And Mm. then it makes us feel like we could never create something that has that kind of impact or that level of like, you know, audio quality or video quality, or I'm not that funny or whatever it is. And that is just a form of analysis paralysis that we've scrolled before we've even created and it's getting in our way. So really deciding that you're going to create content, but then setting yourself up for success by, by really being selective about what you're allowing in is going to be huge because I think sometimes as online business owners, we see so much more content than the average person. And so we're we're comparing ourselves to something that like our consumers aren't even comparing us to. Mm. And so that is just, it's going to be in your head. It's going to mess with your ideas and your creativity and your mindset before you've even begun. And then you're discouraged and you're low on time and it's just like a big spiral. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. That's like a mic drop moment that overthinking is going to kill more (laughs) than bad content. Hey there, creative. I'm jumping into this episode with a quick message for you. If you've ever dreamed of being a guest on podcasts, collaborating with influencers, or maybe you want to speak at an upcoming summit or conference, but you're just not sure how to actually make that happen, I want to tell you it actually starts with the perfect pitch. And that is exactly what pitch power email templates provide a foolproof way to go after the thing that you want. Not only will you get access to 11 pre-written email templates ready to go to plug and play and pitch, but you will also get a masterclass training where I share the five crucial elements of effective pitching. Head over to joymichelle.co slash pitchpower to grab your templates now. Take the guesswork out of pitching and join me inside Pitch Power Templates today. I think to your point on consistency and figuring out, you know, kind of just using what you've got in a way too. Like I, 
I posted that all the time when we were living in Colorado is like half the time I recorded my podcast in our bedroom with like a laundry basket and yep. <laughs> like a gorilla clamp yes. thing because it had the best lighting yes. and my kids weren't up there. And mm-hmm. so it's – I but I had stopped myself for so long. Like we bought podcast equipment, Joy, when we were in the RV. Wow. That was like five or six years ago and I yes. had wound up returning it because I'm like, I wanted to do it then and I just didn't prioritize it and I kind of had to tell myself like, all right, what is it going to take for you to do it and are you comfortable enough doing it before you're really ready? Mm. Because I think there's this mindset of like, we need the perfect podcast studio or you know, for a YouTube video, I need to have an intro and I need like the lighting and all this stuff and editor and I need to have all of this before I'm ready versus Mm. learning as you go and doing the thing. I mean, my first funnel was not perfect. Yes. My first funnel still earned us $30,000 in my maternity Mm -hmm. leave. And there's a lot of things we did wrong and we learned. And I'm sure your first YouTube videos Mm. are not the same quality as your YouTube videos are now. They're not. Your videos and my funnels would not be where they are if we didn't just start and be comfortable doing it not the best. No, that is exactly right. It's but the thing is, waiting longer, thinking more, watching more people create the content you want to be creating doesn't actually get you closer to being better on camera or being a better speaker. And it's it's so funny that you say that because one thing that I had written down was that the more that you do it, the easier it gets. Yes. But the only way to get better and create those systems and figure out like what am I good at and what do I have? What can I work with that's here and available now? is to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's not a fun answer. Nobody wants to hear that the answer is it's going to be awkward or yes. that your content, yes, thank you, Nike. Like it's like <laughs> it's going to be not to the caliber of what's in your head, but that the only way to get to like where you want to go is to actually just kind of start doing the reps. Mm-hmm. And content is the exact same way. But I will say as you do this, if you want it to get easier, don't do it differently every single time create Mm. a process. And as a creative, I used to be allergic to this whole conversation of like, you've got to make a process and and whatever. And I was like, no, all the engineers are trying to box me in. And I'm like, now (laughs) I'm like, yes, you have a process. Your process is just going to look different than my process. Mm. Start paying attention to how you're doing the content that you're doing, how you're creating it, when you're thinking at your clearest during the day, where Mm -hmm. you like to create this. Like for me, it's Notion. And then you start to create these processes like, okay, well, every time you publish that piece of content, let's make sure we're sharing it in all these amazing places where you've cultivated community and spent time connecting with people. Mm -hmm. So then you create the checklist and you're like, well, let's make a Pinterest pin for it and let's share it. Like if you create a short form video on Instagram, please share that to YouTube Shorts and TikTok and Facebook Reels because why wouldn't you? Like yeah, why wouldn't you? It's a marginal you? effort, right? It's like you're already doing – I mean we talked high lift, low lift, right? Yes. If you actually prioritize the high lift content that's going to move the needle, that's going to establish you as an expert and it's going to serve people really well. Mm-hmm. And you have a plan for how to repurpose that or be strategic in that to create low lift content – you're still getting to do all the low lift stuff, but it's not an afterthought. Yeah. It's even though it's coming after, right? It's yeah. it's on purpose and that content's gonna go farther for you because even if it is not even, but like because reels work great for a lot of people, it's a reel that's then driving them, well, this is a clip of mm-hmm. a, a YouTube video or it's a clip of a podcast that now I wanna go listen to the whole, like your 
your example of the the picture of you moving, it sent people to your podcast. Like it wasn't just it gave people information. Yes. But anyone that follows you is like, well, I want to know the whole story. I did yes. I did something similar when we moved from Colorado to Virginia. And I'm like, how am I going to go on Instagram stories? It was honestly more just necessity where I'm like, yes. I can't explain this. <laughs> Instagram stories. And I have all these people messaging me like, wait, what yes. is happening? You just moved to Colorado. What is going yeah. on? And like my close friends knew what we were praying through and what's going on. But not everyone that follows me on Instagram. And so I was like, honestly, the easiest way is for me to record an in- episode and then share pieces and people can go and, and listen to the high you know, the, the high lift content, but I loved like what you said, but the process is as easy as it is to ignore the high lift stuff and just focus on low lift. The opposite can be true too, where we can just create one solid, amazing piece of content and then not have process that's in place for those easy wins of low Mm -hmm. lift repurposing. Yes. Like the process actually makes that both of those easier. Yeah. And you're making sure that you're really maximizing the the effort or time or money or all three that you're spending on that piece of content, making sure like it's really going the distance. Mm. Um, and I think the, the other thing with low lift content that's really interesting is that sometimes you're in a season where you can't sit down and create a bunch of new stuff for Instagram, but it is better to post something than mm. nothing in my opinion, especially when it comes to consistency. So I'm not saying post junk, but I'm saying we know that if we go on Instagram stories with our face, that is a higher level that is going to get better engagement, that the gurus have told us that it's going to do better, right? But that is not to say that I am not going to sometimes just post a behind the scenes video or some B-roll or a poll or something else. If I don't feel like being face to camera, which happens all the time because life happens and my kids are waking me up in the middle Mm -hmm. of the night and I'm tired or, you know, there's just a lot happening. I'm like, I don't want to put myself together, but I do want to keep showing up in ways that still feel aligned. But yes, it is not the best it could be, but I'm not going to overthink it because it's more important that I show up and talk about the fact that I have a podcast, even if it's with a graphic instead of my face, because low lift is still better than nothing. And Mm. I can at least remind people that, yes, I published a podcast episode or I was on someone else's podcast. And I think that that's like just really making sure, checking like, do you really not have time for content or are you being a perfectionist? Mm. Because there's a difference. Like, do we have time? Do we have five minutes? Can you post something to Instagram? Because maybe you can't create a super long, beautiful, evergreen piece of content, but you might have some that you could repurpose or that you could talk about again because it was really good in a time in your life when you had more time. But now you're in a different season. Where What could we repurpose? Or maybe you could create something really short and sweet, but it points back to some of this great content that was really strategic, that maybe had a freebie. So sometimes I think it's like instead of just charging forward and keep thinking, I got to create new, new, better, Mm. better. It's like, well, wait, hold on. You might have a whole library of amazing content that just is buried. Like unless someone's searching on Google for those things and that's great, that's there and that's working for you, but no one on social media knows about it. So Mm. like repurpose that stuff, revive that stuff. Um, And that's the beauty of creating evergreen long form content is like you really do get to go back and repurpose it because it was so juicy and so good and it's been six months, no one remembers it. Go repurpose it. It's still that good. That is – that's a really great point and something – I think it's funny because I see this with people 
that I follow on social media where I'm like, wow, they're this, they're so good at content. And like, the thing is, is they're not posting this mind blowing new idea every time they're usually reiterating Mm. this not and not i don't mean that in a bad way but right they're like they know their topics they know their niche they know the person they're the the problem that they're solving and that is what they're talking about and they're just saying it in a lot of different ways and like i might not have seen i've seen people talk about this with viral reels even the idea that like they had a reel that went viral and so they actually just created a different take on that to see to like extend that lift if you will yep and i think that's a really good point to think of like go back and look at not just repurpose don't just take your podcast episode and share the video and do all that that is awesome do that but then look at your best performing stuff and be like what are people really connecting with what is driving the needle like what's driving revenue into my business or inquiries into my inbox yes and do more of that exactly make another version of that video or another topic of that podcast on a very similar you know spin on it i could not agree with you more jordan and i think this is one of those instances where we have to remind ourselves not to make it complicated like Mm. i have to go back to what i've already done and look at the feedback i've gotten look at the analytics look at who is opening the emails like they will tell you what they love they will ask you questions around what they want to hear more about and i love when you're saying like it's the people who are doing this really well are not doing this in a way that's like mind blowing, but they're so consistent in their message. And I love this because you're like, literally every time we're talking, we're like going through my points together and like, you haven't seen my (laughs) notes. So I'm like, you're, we're like on the same wavelength because you will start to repeat yourself quite a bit. And you might Mm -hmm. even get a little bit sick of your message. And I think if you're not a little sick of your messaging, you're not saying it enough, you're not repeating yourself enough, and you're probably ping-ponging all around in your topics because we have got to get like dialed in on the things mm-hmm. that we're good at. And this is one way to build authority is really building out like a cohesive, almost like a library of content around the thing that you want to be known for. One way to do that is to talk about something more than just once or twice or to create mm-hmm. maybe a series on it. Yes. Go a little deeper than just some tips and tricks. Do actually like a comprehensive walkthrough of something that you want to be known for as an expert. And it's really effective. It's crazy how quickly when I work with people with visibility, we say, okay, well, let's do six weeks of this. And then suddenly they're being asked to be on podcast to talk about that thing. I'm like, this is it. This is what it I'm works. saying. Like, surprise. Yep. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Like, you talked <laughs> about it for six weeks and now they're thinking of you for that thing. See how that yeah. works? They, they, you have a problem and they're thinking of you. And so it's just a beautiful reminder that it's, it doesn't have to be complicated, but consistency is so key to this. And yeah. That sustainability and consistency is just all really tied together, making sure that whatever you're committing to, makes sense for you. And that's why I I think it's important too to say like that does not necessarily mean that you need to come out with like a weekly YouTube video and that weekly it's like huge, huge pieces of pillar content. It depends on your season. It depends on the support Mm -hmm. that you have in your business too. You know, because I you can still have a great amount of success and have, you know, two pillar pieces of content per month. And people can work magic with two pillar pieces of content Mm -hmm. and make it look like they are publishing something every day because of the way that they're approaching and, you know, saying, oh, we're going to take this clip and then we're going to grab this thing and we're going to do this. And it 
it doesn't have to be complicated so much as it needs to be consistent. Mm, that's so good. And I think that answers the whole idea of this simplicity in our content creation is, I mean, the strategy piece, the consistency piece, all of that comes down to it's actually better to be simplified. Like you're going to be able to do more with it. You're going to be able to be more consistent. You're going to be able to stick with it for the long run. Mm -hmm. The simpler that you keep it, and at least for me, when I keep it simple, I don't necessarily mean do the bare minimum, Mm -hmm. but simple to me a lot of times translates into those processes that you've talked about, the systems that you have and making it a easily repeatable process, like not necessarily basic, but using whatever the strategy is. Like if you have a strategy, do the same strategy. Or if you have a process to repurpose, that's easy. Or it's easy to hand off to a VA Mm -hmm. or, you know, you're not just sitting here like, hmm, where should I show up this week? You know, you're like, okay, I'm going to create this main thing. And then these are the five other tasks that, that, you know, how it'll support my business with a short and it's going to go out in my email blast and it's going to be a five pins on Pinterest. Yeah. And that the strategy and the systems like with a simplicity kind of overlaid on top of that, that's what, that's how you keep it. Yeah. I think that for me, one way that things are simple is if I'm not making more decisions because I just Mm -hmm. get major decision fatigue in my life. And so to your point, not having to say, okay, how many Pinterest pins am I making or what's the structure for a blog post? You just have your formula. You have your – all the the questions of like the fanciness and, you know, what what graphics am I choosing? It's like, no, you have templates. You have a little checklist. You know what you're doing. Another thing that has helped me to simplify is to make actually sitting down to create the content – an easier yes. So making sure that I have my camera tethered to my computer and like on a little monopod instead of what I used to do was a much more elaborate setup. And I had lights and I had like a background light and a front light and all these things and it looked really, really good. And I don't think it looks as good now, but I'm so much less likely to talk myself out of it now Mm. because it's plugged into my computer and my mic is, everything's like integrated. So I don't have now a floating like I have a card here and then an SD card here and then I have to sync them all up. It's like I can just sit down in one software and record everything and I'm just less likely to talk myself out of it if I've Yeah, it's an easier yes. It's an easier yes. And so really doing that and even some softwares, you know, you and I both use and love Riverside. And this is another example of like even a software can simplify your life because it's keeping it all together. It's easy to share with a team member if you want to add them in and they can grab the file. It's easy to make the clips. It's easy to like to get your captions. It literally does all the things. It has AI. So even in sometimes in the tools you're using as a content creator, thinking like, is this making it simpler? Does this like consolidate down the the things I'm using, you know, simplifying my tools or it's simplifying the process for me. It's saving me time, but careful because sometimes saving you time, you have all these complicated workarounds or things that are happening just to save you a little bit of time. So Mm. simplifying things in your softwares or even in your setup is also super relevant conversation there as well. So really knowing yourself, like asking like, okay, in a time, maybe there was a time in your life where you were more consistent with content. Was it because you had, you know, a setup or you had a a carved out 
time on your calendar? Like what was different about your life then? And can we take bits and pieces? Like I can't go back to when I didn't have kids. Like my life is different now. But what was it about it that helped? And and could I just keep my setup up all the time so that when the kids do miraculously nap at the same time, (laughs) I can jump in front of my computer and create something and and not be a perfectionist about it? Mm. Yes. I love, I love the easy yes. I think, I think becoming an entrepreneur, but also now as a mom entrepreneur, I've, I get Steve Jobs and his black turtlenecks. I'm like, what I think about, I mean, I like want to get rid of half the things in my closet. Cause like, it's the idea I was that I was the weird public school person that voted for uniforms because I wanted to make less decisions. (laughs) That's too funny. But, but it's to your point with tools and systems and I think there's an important note here too, because it's easy for us to think we need all of these tools Mm -hmm. and maybe it's actually the tools are making it more complicated or we don't want to pay $10 a month for a tool. So we're just going to do it ourselves when actually the $10 a month tool will save you so much time and energy and it will make that yes easier for Mm. you. So I think that's something that you have to think through yourself of like what are you investing in? What's going to help support you on that? And I know you mentioned Riverside. We've talked about Notion. You know, the last question I had for you in terms of like the simplifying in the systems part is what are some of your go-to tools that help you with the planning, the creation, and the sharing of content that makes it either simplifies your process or makes that the easier yes for you? Yeah. Um. Well, Notion is a big one. I Everything that I do in my business, all the content that I create starts and ends in Notion in terms of outlines, knowing where it is in the given process, knowing if I have help because I do outsource parts of my podcast. And I think that's like, that's a big part of the conversation too, is that sometimes creating consistency and simplifying things will mean outsourcing Mm -hmm. and just getting support. So yes, Notion is a big one. I love Riverside. I use um, a lot of the Facebook tools like the studio, what is the scheduler on like native to Facebook? Because I do, I have a couple of different Facebook groups. Canva is a biggie for me. Like I use Canva a lot. Canva's great. I've been on the premium Canva plan for so many years and I was like never, I remember not doing premium. This is an example. I remember like the first year of business, I'm like, I'm not paying, I don't even know what we pay, $10, Mm -hmm. like $15. Because, you know, I it's a silly thing to pay for. And then I realized whenever they did the switch that you could like auto resize oh, and it was like a premium, I'm like, yes. done. You're <laughs> like, right. It saved me. So whatever it was, yes. it was like the amount of times I had to start from scratch or whatever. Yes. And if it was like a few graphics a week because at that time we were doing a ton of Facebook ads and like four people. And so I was in Canva all the time doing that. And I'm like, it. what is an hour of my time worth? And yes. how many times it's like. It added a little bit to every single time I did that task. Yes. So to pay for it, eliminated that that just that one piece of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great example. So yeah, I think that's a great example of like it's a free program that probably works free for a lot of people. But then there's going to be like there's points at which you have to ask yourself like, are you is this something that is going to do a lot of heavy lifting for you. And Mm -hmm. even saving you two minutes on a task you do multiple times a day or multiple times a week really adds up. 100%. Yeah, that's a great example. I love that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I I feel like there's so much meat in this that people are going to get so much out of and hopefully be really on fire to create content and 
be really strategic in how they do it. Yeah. Um, but for someone that might need a little bit more strategy too, or a little bit more help, obviously like you, you do coaching, you do this. How can someone connect with you or learn from you more, especially in regards to this brand authority and content creation piece? Yes. Okay. So I actually have a series on my podcast about brand authority. And so it's like a four-part series. That would be a great next step. Um, Or simply come visit my website at joymichelle.co and you can kind of explore lots of different ways that we can work together, including coaching. There's some easy to grab programs and downloads or all sorts of stuff in there as it pertains to like visibility, but also content creation. Awesome. Sweet. Um, and I'm going to do a little bit of rapid fire because okay. we did this last time. We'll see if it changed. Yes. What is bringing you joy right now? Okay. Christmas lo-fi. Love it. Love it so much. I love in Forrest Frank. I don't know if you listen to him, but he has no. an amazing Christmas lo-fi. Oh, it's the best. It's like soothing, but like holiday-ish and I love it. Okay. I'm going to need a link to that. Okay. Not just for the podcast show notes, but just for myself. Because <laughs> I, I tried to put on some, um, I was like cooking. I was like, play Christmas music to my Alexa. And it, it went immediately to Mariah Carey, yep. which I don't blame it, but I don't blame I was, it. it. I do. Not, I blame it. it. Was not what I was going. Well, I don't blame it in terms of like it's just going to find the most popular thing ever, right? And yeah, like, mm, not, what, not what I was going for. Yeah. Um, so need that link. What is a favorite book that you've read recently? Okay, so I am in the process of reading Habits of the Household, and that has been <gasps> such so a good, one. good. Have you read it? That was it was one of the first books I read this year, and I'm still trying to. I mean, Pete has to read like 200 books in the next 10 months for this program, Dang. and I'm like, when you're done reading all these, yes, it's a really. I love how he goes through all the different aspects. So good, it's so good, really, really good. Anyone that's a parent, oh, it's, it's just it's a great perspective. Um, and then what's the verse that you're meditating on or that's just been encouraging to you lately? So in our small group, we are going through the book of James and this this I was I saw this on your rapid fire question. So I was thinking about it because I was like, what do I what am I meditating on? And there, I think it was like in the third chapter of James where they're talking about like how teachers are held to a different standard. Mm. And so that's been something that has just been almost um it's just I've just been thinking about it and it's been an interesting thing to be like praying over as like we are influencing our child's lives. And I think as coaches and educators, we have a teaching posture, I guess. And yeah. so I read that. I was like, okay, wow, I need to be like really praying for wisdom and just careful with my words because mm. I don't – I think I'm you're going to be held accountable for like the things that you've said. And I was like, okay, okay. Yeah, and how you lead people yes. and, and disciple them. Yes. And, yeah. And steward and mm-hmm. oh, that's really great. Well, thank you. I'm glad yeah. you got to add some new rapid fire there. And I, you said how everyone can find you just before this. So I will link up to that for everyone that um, was listening or on here. You want to connect with Joy on her website, on her Instagram, on her. Go listen to Call to Both. It's one of the few podcasts that I listen to every single oh, week. So thank you. I'm so excited. Thank you for hanging out with me again on the podcast. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Talk soon. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please help me get the word out about the Call to Both podcast by taking a screenshot of this episode right now and sharing it on your social media. I would also appreciate it if you would subscribe and leave me a five-star review. Thanks again, and I'll see you in the next episode.